This podcast is now brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. So let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And it's everything you need to make a podcast great in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast. This is episode 53. This podcast is sponsored by Generation You Can, the smarter energy nutrition that's powered by Superstarch, a slow-release complex carbohydrate that uniquely delivers steady, long-lasting energy to keep you fueled and feeling good. Visit generationyoucan.com.au and use the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER for 15% off your first purchase. That's generationyoucan.com.au and use the code BREAKINGTHEBARRIER. Generation Ucan, the best choice for steady energy. This podcast is also brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash breaking the barrier. My name is Andrew Lorenzo, and I have committed myself to pushing my body and mind to their limits in my attempt to run a 2-hour and 40-minute marathon by the year 2020. Over the course of my journey starting in 2018, I've discovered many things about the human spirit that I want to share with all of you. It's my hope that I'll help you reach your true potential and inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. With the help of an amazing community of listeners and speakers, we can all push ourselves harder than we ever have in hopes of breaking the barrier. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Breaking the Barrier podcast, where I hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. My name is Andrew Lorenzo. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can find all things Breaking the Barrier at the Breaking the Barrier website at breakingthebarrierpodcast.com or at the social media sites, Facebook and Instagram, both at Breaking the Barrier Podcast. You can also find a link to request to join the Breaking the Barrier community group on the website or by sending me a message through Facebook or Instagram, and I'll send you the link to request to join. Of course, the community group is a great place where you can go to post a little bit about your journey, post successes and victories, or even questions that you have along the way. We're all there to listen. We're all there to help out. So we've got an awesome episode in store today. I'm going to be talking with Isabel Ross, who is an ultra runner. And of course, Isabel Ross was somebody who took part in the Barkley Marathons. So for me, that's really exciting because as you know, that is one of my what would I attempt if I knew I could not fail, the Barkley Marathons. So we had a little bit of a chat about that, a little bit of a chat about her running, her journey, and her training. And that was a really great conversation. So before we get into that, I, of course, want to give a couple of shout-outs to some of the Breaking the Barrier members who are going above and beyond. So this first shout-out goes to Kathleen. Kathleen had this to say in the community group. Did a farm-to-trail 30K in the mountains of Blue Ridge, Georgia yesterday. Very technical and challenging course, and it took me longer to run this than my last marathon in Chicago, though the two don't compare. Beautiful course, and I was happily surprised to get third in my age group. I'm now sore in places I've never been sore before, but I'm now inspired to do more trail running and to also learn how to not fall, which happened to me three times. 
This week I plan to recover and prepare for the upcoming Philadelphia Marathon. Wow, congratulations Kathleen, that's awesome, a trail 30k in the mountains, the Blue Ridge Mountains at that, I can't even imagine how beautiful that would have been, I mean, the scenery there, I've heard so many amazing things, of course I've seen pictures, but that obviously wouldn't do it justice, and really exciting that you're thinking about getting into more trail running, so that's really cool, and once you can learn the secret of not falling, share it with the rest of us. I remember my first trail, I... Mm, I, I ran and I, I I fell probably I think three times and that was a half so that's that's what one fall every seven kilometers that's not so bad <laughs> but I'm sure we'll all appreciate the secrets of not falling if you learn them this next shout out goes to Henry big congratulations Henry who had this to say in the community group finished my 100 miler over the weekend a little over 26 hours good enough for the top 30 percent of all runners Second half was really slow, especially with the rocky trail sections, but whether it's a park run, road marathon, or some crazy 100 miler, there are times when you need to refocus your mind and just keep going. Sometimes we do things not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Totally agree, Henry. First of all, congratulations, man. So excited that you have finished this 100 miler. That's huge. That's 160 kilometers, or just over, actually, and... Just an incredible feat of human strength. And I know you've been really excited about this for a while. I'm pretty sure we spoke a little bit about it way back when we did our interview. So really, really big congratulations. And what a message. Absolutely. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what distance you're walking, running, or jogging, or whatever's going on, it's good to just try to refocus because sometimes things get hard and we can get through that. And it will make us better when we come out on the other side. So refocus, get that mental positivity back, and you can keep going. So great message, Henry, and congratulations again. I also want to give a big shout out to all of the members of the Breaking the Barrier community who took part in the New York Marathon this past weekend. So that's really amazing. I hope some of you got to hook up with the Marathon Training Academy or Generation You Can when they were there. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to everybody who did the New York Marathon. Of course, the New York Marathon being one of the world major marathons. So great job to you all. So I want to talk a little bit about an update now for myself. I've gotten back into training full swing. So this past week, I've done some incredible speed workouts. I've done some, you know, I've gotten some answers about what is possibly going on with my knee. So I did visit a myotherapist, Jason Nass, which I found through Isabel Ross, actually. So it's it's pretty fitting that I talk about that on this episode. And it was a, it was a great, you know, it was a, it was a great appointment. And you know, right away he just got into it and he said, you know, I don't think it's your IT band. Well, Isabel said to me that it, you know, she was like thinking that it might not be my IT band because of how long it's been lasting. And he said the same thing. He said, you know, it feels fine just because that might be affected doesn't necessarily mean that that's the problem. So, you know, we've, we spoke about some things that might be the problem and, and we've got a plan in place to fix them now. He is pretty optimistic about me getting back into distance running. It was really cool to hear him talk about the fact that I need to get more into speed because that's exactly what my running coach, Steve Walden from Marathon Training Academy has been talking about. So it's nice to see that they're both on the same page and things are now starting to sort of line up. So that was great. 
I'm excited about that. I did a speed run this speed workout this past week. It was my fastest. I, I ran my fastest kilometer ever, which was a really cool thing. So it's it's always an exciting thing to have that happen. You know, any kind of PB is always exciting. So that particular workout, it was two miles easy warm up, and then it was six, six or eight. <laughs> no, it was six. I'm pretty sure it was six uh, thousand meter repeats or six kilometer repeats one kilometer repeats. And it was really good. It felt great. It felt strong. I started out, I think it's somewhere around 420 kilometer uh, pace. So each kilometer took about 420. And then I basically took the time down each kilometer. So by the time I was finished, I was running a sub four minute kilometer, which I've not ever done before. So it was a 359 kilometer, my last kilometer of that workout, which was awesome. It felt really good to do it. And it was just, it was cool to know that I could get to that, the end of that workout and feeling that strong. It wasn't my longest speed workout, but it certainly was one of the hardest that I've done in a while. I mean, it. don't get me wrong, uh, you know, running that hard, it kicked my butt a little bit, but I still had plenty left in the tank. So I didn't, I didn't deplete myself, which is really exciting. And so today I'll do another speed workout, which will be, I'm going to do two miles easy, then four five 400 meter repeats, then six 200 meter repeats, I think. I got to look, but I think that that's it. So, and then in a mile cool down. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not experiencing any pain, too much pain anyway, in any of my knees or anything. So yeah, we're, we're headed in the right direction. So that's my, that's my update kind of brief, nothing too crazy. Uh, in terms of races, I've officially now signed up. Now, I had already signed up for the Beast, the Spartan. And now, the other day, I officially signed up for the Sprint. So the Sprint will be on the Saturday and the Beast will be on the Sunday. And then I'll complete my trifecta for the year as I did my Super back in March. So the Super, of course, was a an 8-mile obstacle course. The Sprint is a 5-kilometer or 3.1-miles obstacle course. And then the Beast is a half marathon. So that's going to be awesome. So that'll be a fun weekend away in Bright. And of course, I'll have an episode out after that weekend. And I'll probably, well, I'll, I'll definitely talk about both Spartans. And I might even bring some of the, the original material in from the original Lessons from a Spartan and make it a Lessons from a Trifecta. So um, I'm looking forward to putting that episode out. And of course, Next week, I'll put out the episode, the the conversation that I had with Brendan Spezovsky about, you know, his journey in acting and his journey through university, which he's changing a little bit. So that's the end of the updates. I don't think I have anything else to talk about. No, well, I'm, I'm speaking really quickly because as you can probably surmise, I'm really excited to put out this conversation that I had with Isabel Ross. So let's let's get into that. So Isabel Ross, of course, is a trail runner. She has run marathons. She has run, well, she's run, I think, pretty much anything that you can imagine. She does a lot of 100Ks. She does 100-mile races. And of course, she has been part of the Barkley Marathons. So Isabel Ross, she is a running coach through peak endurance coaching, and she's also a primary school teacher. So she's the kind of person that gives as much as she gets. So she wants to put people into the best position that they can be to live their best lives, to achieve their goals, or to grow into amazing people. She was an absolute pleasure to speak with, and the knowledge of her running and the experience that she had was incredible to listen to. 
So without further ado, here is the conversation that I had with Isabel Ross. All right, I'm here with Isabel Ross, who has agreed to talk to me. Of course, Isabel is a, a an ultra runner who's done something that I'm really intrigued with, the Barkley Marathon, so we're going to talk about that in a little bit. So, Isabel, thank you so much for agreeing to chat with me. This is awesome. No worries. Happy to, happy to chat about all things Barkley. Hell yes. So, well, let's start off. Who is Isabel Ross? <laughs> um... Oh, I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, It's a confronting question. That's a confronting (laughs) question. It certainly is. Well, as a runner, I guess, I started off in marathoning Mm. and then kind of just morphed into an ultra runner slowly over time. I was a mountain biker before I got into running, so I always loved the trails. And so then I started trail running and, yeah, I did more the trails as training for um, marathons. But then, yeah, yeah, I just decided I preferred the trails and that's what I do now. Okay. And so what kind of brought you into the world of ultra? Because, yeah, uh, I've done a half marathon trail and that was enough for me. So, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I realized how really hard it is to do a fast marathon. Yeah. And, And it's so painful. And I just thought, I don't want to have to do that again. Okay. And I had um, I had qualified for the World Long Distance Mountain Running Championships just before I did my last proper road marathon. And all I can remember thinking is, oh, my God, I'd rather be in the mountains than doing this. This yeah. is just horrible. So then I just um, decided to just focus on the mountains instead. Okay. Yeah. And so when you do an ultra, you, do, you, do, you, do you worry about speed so much? Not so much, just more? Speed's not so much the issue. It's... Yeah, it's speed obviously is an issue because if you want to do well, you've got to go faster than yeah. the next person. But it's more about managing different issues. So it's probably more of a problem-solving exercise okay. because the person who solves the issues the best can generally do the best as well. You know, because as things come up, like, um, you know, I often get really nauseous and sick in yeah. these long races. So managing that, managing, I've had blisters on my feet before, managing that sort of thing, managing the lack of sleep, all, all those sort of little different things, yeah. the dark moments. Because it goes for so long, you have a lot of dark moments, but then you also have a lot of really good moments. So, sure. yeah, it's just managing all that. Okay. And what what do you think, aside from, we'll get we'll get to the Barkley in a second. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you think is probably the, toughest challenge that you've found in your in your ultra career you know every race I do I think is the toughest whilst I'm doing it yeah because at that moment in time it feels like the hardest thing that I'm doing but I don't know I, I for me the toughest part I find is the is the overnight part like around two or three in the morning yeah. so whatever race I'm doing that's what I find the toughest and do you mean because because the lack of Sleep. Sleep? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not good with lack of sleep. Yeah, right. I really, because I get really sleepy, like really sleepy. And so what's like the average sleep time that you would get on a... Oh, uh, well, I don't sleep. Oh, you don't at no. all? No. Okay. Well, I have been known to lay down for like five minutes yeah. and it's amazing. That can then refresh me for an hour, but then after about an hour, I start to get a little bit wonky again and, <laughs> you know, and, but it just depends. I've done other races where I've been absolutely fine all night. Yeah. So it just depends and, and I, there's no rhyme nor reason to it, so... Yeah, that's the fun you know, thing about running yeah, is yeah. sometimes things just do weird stuff. That's right. And sometimes 
as you well know, because you run yourself, some races just work out perfectly and everything's yeah. great. And the next race doesn't, but you didn't really do anything specifically different. Mm. It's just, it just is. Just is. Yeah. <sighs> I love running. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So heading into, heading into Barkley. So let's, let's, what was the, pro- I mean, I know you can't get into the process yeah, of yeah. how you, you know, get yeah. into the race, but what yeah. was that process sort of like anyway, like as in? Well, get- I, I had, you know, I'd first heard about the race 10 years ago mm. um, and I just thought oh, it's going to be too hard trying to work it out and how am I going to, you know, here I am in Australia, how am I going to work it out? But then once I actually, like, I met this, I was friends with this guy over in Canada and he, his cousin had been in and so into Barclay and so we started talking and then just once the ball started rolling, it just snowballed really quickly and I kind of just got the information and and once you get one little bit, then you find the next bit and the next bit quite easily. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people are pretty good. People are helpful once you get each little bit. Different people along the way can be quite helpful. Okay. So it's yeah. kind of like a, like a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And just putting all the pieces together and working it out. And, yeah. And the people who are helpful, they don't give you information, but they'll just say yes or no if you've got the right information okay. kind of thing. You know? That's cool. Yeah. So nobody hands you anything on a silver platter. Yeah. But they're still helpful. Right. Yeah. It's like a big mystery. So those of you who haven't listened to me speak about the Barclays before or know about the Barclays, just so you know, what we're talking about basically is you have to navigate a process to even enter this thing. Like it's not like you can go online and register and enter. It's not like mm-hmm. that. You have to navigate a process because the I guess the whole reasoning for it is if, if you don't have the mental fortitude to do that. That's right. No way that you yeah. Gonna... yeah. If you can't even work out how to enter, then, then you're not... You're not going to be able to work out the race. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the theory behind it, I'm presuming. And yeah, and it shows that you've got some tenacity and mm. and that you're committed to it. Right. And so when you when you got to D-Day, when you got to sort of day one, the location, what was that what was that like? What was it like being there? Like you mean just before the start or do you mean like I mean, when just I just like sort of rocked up? When, at the... Yeah, when you showed up, like knowing that this is a race that has the reputation that it has you know, yeah eats its young quote yeah. <laughs> well i had done the um barclay fall classic mm-hmm. uh the september prior so i kind of knew the area a little bit yep. so i felt a little bit more comfortable from that perspective so okay. i'd seen the campground and seen the yellow gate and it's funny because i'd watched all the um stuff on netflix and youtube and and seeing the yellow gate on that and then when you see it in real life it's kind of a little bit underwhelming compared to, really? to you know yeah, yeah. like what you see i mean it's still awesome don't get me wrong but it, yeah. i kind of thought it was bigger but it's not <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were taller in real life yeah, yeah that's enough. right okay. um but um you know once i got there at the at the real race it was it was kind of a sense of panic to be honest okay. you know like what am i doing here like me you know all these other people who are really accomplished and really, um, I don't know, you see them on the TV and you think, wow, they're really awesome. And then there's me just sort of coming along and pretending that I know what I'm doing kind of thing. You yeah. Know? So just a, a bit of imposter syndrome was going on there. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. And how, yeah. how did you, how did you, did that, I mean, how did you get past that? Because that... I didn't really, okay, quite frankly. Enough. I was going to say that that would probably, yeah, freeze people in their tracks. So you just no, I just keep going. Like I, yeah. I can feel things, but just make myself behave like normal, like I'm happy and confident and all that. But you know, inside I'm like, nah, that, you know, <laughs> what am I doing here? But like, like when it was an hour before the start line, and I was 
there with Stephanie Case, I was hyperventilating. Really? Yeah. Like we're standing on the start line and I was, I was so, and she's like, it's, it's all right as well, calm down. But I was really nervous, freaking out, thinking, oh my God, this is going to start and I'm going to be doing Barclay marathons. Yeah. It wasn't just the race itself. It was the whole concept that was making me freak out. Right. So, you know. It is a big deal for like like you yourself, how much you love it and and that sort of thing. And once you're doing it, you just you think it's just surreal. Mm. And so then you start panicking, like you know, freaking out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and how many? Who did you have there, sort of with you to? I'm I'm hoping that your team was there to help calm you down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, I had a friend of mine, Stephen Redfern. Yeah. Um, I'd only just met him like the races it was. You know, end of March. I'd only just met him in January. I just got. I lived in Canada last year, mm-hmm. and uh, about a week or two after I got back from Canada, <clears throat> I went and did um Bergen to Hotham. Okay. And um, a friend of Nikki's is Stephen Redfern, and I met him and his wife Penny. And it worked, turned out that he loves bar, everything to do with Barclay too. And then when I needed someone to crew, I said, "Would you like to?" And he came over. Yeah. Unbelievably, hardly knowing me, and he crewed for me. Awesome. So, yeah, so Stephen was great. He was awesome. But, you know, he was, um, he couldn't, he wasn't right there on the start line with me when yeah. I was freaking out like that. So okay. I don't, I don't even know if he really knows that I was freaking out quite that much. So, yeah, right. Well, you have yeah. to, you have to let him listen to this. So he knows that. <laughs> That's right. And so t- talk to us a little bit about how the race starts. Well, it's funny because when you watch it on the, TV, it looks as if everyone kind of walks off almost. I don't yeah. know if you've noticed, but that's just the back people. The front people absolutely went flat, chat, sprinting. Right. And I'm running off and like, oh my God, like I couldn't believe, I wasn't expecting it to go that quite that fast. Then you um go up basically the same way as the Barclay Fall Classic mm. and you you stick to trails for a little while. So you are on trails. It's not all off trail. There's actually quite a large component on trails. Okay. So the first section is all on trail and kind of everyone just got away from me. Also, probably because I'd been hyperventilating and carrying on like a pork chop, I was a little bit not quite, not quite right, not quite right. with it. So then, kind of, you know, um, everyone got away from me. But then I, the first bit that went off trail, I could see a guy not that far ahead of me. So I sprinted to catch up with him, and we find the first book together. And then we went through this other bit off trail, and then um, I ended up going ahead because he was struggling uphill. And you just kind of come across different people on the way. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of doing off-trail sections that connect to trail and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And then just finding the books. And the first few books weren't that hard to find. I'm thinking, oh, what, what was everyone complaining about with these cryptic descriptions? It's not that bad. Yeah. But the worst was yet to come. So those were the, the first few were the easy ones. And then it got progressively harder to find them. Yeah. So, yeah. And- Which extended my time out there. Yeah, and, and can you tell tell everybody what the significance of the books are? Well, because they don't have checkpoints and you don't have, you know, bibs with, with thingies on them to beep over the mats and whatnot, you have to get the book pages to prove that you are at the checkpoints. And the page that you get is related to your bib number, which I, I find the whole concept also fascinating of working out the bibs and the page numbers and everything like that right. as well, because you've got to get the right length book and all that sort of stuff as well. So it's an awful as to, to figure out as well. And the the book the books have names that are um, 
all funny names about, you know, that are kind of related to the feelings that you might be going out through out there. I can't remember. I've still got the pages, but I can't remember offhand the, the names of the books, but they're all quite amusing and, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Uh, so you collect the pages and then you have to go back to Laz and you have to show him the pages mm. to prove that you went past every checkpoint. And then if he is happy with that and you do it in the correct time, then you get to go out on another lap. Yeah. And what was he like? Was he, is he kind oh, of... Oh, Laz is great. He, he 